Hearing voices? I'm hearing voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. He is the word grouch. He is a member of the Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame. Friend of the show, Jim McFarlane, joins us this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. I should have added, Traveler, you're just back from Atlanta. Tell us about the trip. Oh, I've got to tell you one story in particular. This trip, Scott, I don't want to, like, oversell it, but this was a life-changing experience for me on so many levels. I went to Atlanta because the pastor who really brought me closer to God again as an adult, Richard Allen Farmer, was retiring from his pastorate in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where, ironically, my parents are from. Uh, So I went there to see. I saw his first sermon at this church, this Presbyterian church he was at. I wanted to see his last. Uh, and I did not tell him I was coming. So to see the look on his face from the pulpit when he saw me basically waving at him uh, was worth the trip in and of itself. But here's the story. Uh, I found out that because of the Michigan Wolverines victory uh, in the National Championship game, um, almost every flight on the Tuesday I was traveling back home was delayed because everybody was trying to leave Houston at the same time on different planes. So I'd gone through maybe six flight delays on Tuesday, trying to get home. And I was frustrated a little, but, you know, I, was, I said, you know, it's not in my hands, whatever happens. So I'm at the terminal at my gate waiting for my next delayed flight. And the Southwest employee, the female employee, comes up to me, stands about three feet away from me, and just stares at me. Doesn't say anything, just looking at me, smiling and staring. And I'm thinking... Did I spill something on my shirt? Is my hat crooked? I don't. So I went into a little stand-up routine. Oh, you think I'm Denzel Washington, don't you? Oh, I know I'm not. She wouldn't stop smiling. She just looked at me. And as I looked at her, I realized that she bore an almost eerie resemblance to my late sister, Jacqueline, who's, who died two years ago next week. And I told her that after she began talking, she told me what her name was, and she said there was something uh, that drew her to me. She thought I looked like somebody she knew, but what she said, Scott, after she said that was, well, maybe the spirit of Jacqueline is in the terminal right now, and maybe she drew me to you, and maybe my smile is her smile coming through me to you. And when I picked my jaw up off the floor, I started to say something to her and then fellow employees came and took her away. But that was the spirit that led me before I got on the plane to go back home. Uh, that was surreal, to say the least. And it's a moment I will remember for a very long time. And if folks are questioning the hyperbole of said story, they can hop on Twitter at the word grouch and you put up a couple of pictures, <laughs> did you not? Yes, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blog about this at some point because it really was a life-changing moment. The pictures, especially I thought of the smile, were in fact uncommonly and uncannily similar. I thought so too. I, yeah, in fact, I sent a photo to my wife just because I wanted to double-check myself and said, does this person look like anybody you know? I said, yes, it's your sister. Okay, all right. And she didn't hesitate. She said, no, it's, it's Jackie. Of course it's who it is. So yeah, it was of, of all the people in all the gin joints, you know, just, um, it was a moment. Jim McFarland loves most things Michigan. He joins me this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. You mentioned a certain football victory for the Maize and Blue. You saw that when you were traveling. Talk, though, a little bit about what it means to the eastern half of the state uh, to have Michigan 
be the national champions once again? Well, you know, as you know, Scott, it has been a tumultuous year for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, their head coach having been suspended twice during the season uh, to beat Ohio State without your head coach on the sideline is pretty impressive, for, I think, in any measure. But uh, people will always say there's been asterisk by this victory because uh, the cheating scandal. And, and, and what bothers me is that I don't think there's a major college football program in America that doesn't do something to bend the rules. Tell me what the rules are, and I'll see how far I can bend or twist them. That's not to absolve Jim Harbaugh of Michigan. It's just to say everybody does it. Uh, they don't do it as they may do it carefully or more carefully than Michigan does, but they do it. Um, I think to go 15 and 0 in this present college environment is just uh, a miraculous achievement. I'm glad I was able to be alive to see it. May not happen again. Hasn't happened in decades. May not happen again. But this week it happened, and I am so excited that it did. And uh, quick story again: uh, everybody's flying out of Houston, trying to get home. I'm at the airport in Atlanta, and I'm looking at people standing in line trying to get on board the plane. And I notice that all, well over half of them are wearing maize and blue. These are all Michigan fans who have come back from Houston and are trying to get home. But they look, the looks on their faces got their tired and they're harried and a little peeved and this is wrong. And they're just, you know, they're travelers. They have that traveling gump on them. And I looked at them and I said a phrase that Jim Harbaugh said throughout the season. I yelled, this is not me, I yelled at the top of my lungs, who's got it better than us today? And without hesitating, they all said, we do. I said, fine, remember that. Because you need that burst of energy. You're getting on the plane, you're going home, feel good about yourself. So it's it's just been an amazing week. I think uh, I'd want to sure I, I would rather have been at the game or even uh, with a bunch of Michigan fans cheering on our team. But as it turned out, um, I tried to find a gathering of Michigan faithful in Atlanta, and the only one I found I couldn't get into. So I ended up at a, a restaurant across the street from my hotel, and I had the best time. They gave me a chair right in front of the biggest screen they had. And because I was garbed in maize and blue, numerous people came up to me during the game who had Michigan roots and just wanted to talk about Michigan and wanted to talk about the team and, and where are you from and here's who I know. And it was just, it was heartwarming. It was just a really nice, much better evening than I thought it was going to have. And they won. So it's all things considered a, a, an amazing memory. We will ask you next for a word, but first... If you're not sure about Apple, Google, Spotify, or WHTC.com, and you have a smart speaker, ask it to play Hearing Voices with Scott Watson, and you'll never miss an episode. We don't call him the word grouch for nothing. Jim McFarland, give us a word. Give you a word. How about, this is how I feel after this week. Antiquated. Uh, one who has, or a, a person or an object, that is conceived to be of another era or slightly past. This has been um, a very interesting time in my life. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to know that there are still objectives you can reach for. I'm working harder now, Scott, than I was, I think, when I had a job. Um, uh, another reason I was in Atlanta was to meet with a client of mine whose book I will be writing in 2024. And um, just the most, I'd love to tell you more about him, but we haven't signed a contract yet, but it's one more. Uh, incredible gentleman I have met. That keeps me alive and lively. But sometimes, depending on how many doctors I see during the course of a given week, I can feel a little antiquated. He's a member of the Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame and a friend of the show. We'll have more with Jim McFarland tomorrow morning.
on Hearing Voices. Hearing Voices? I'm Hearing Voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. This morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson, we wind up our visit with the word grouch, Jim McFarlane. The wedding season has passed, but it was an active one for you as a wedding officiant. Did one or two stand out? Oh my gosh, yes, Scott, and good morning. Uh, one that really stands out for me because it was so strange. Probably the strangest wedding I've ever done. Um, it was a couple. Uh, they found me, of course, and wanted to get married. One of them lived in Chicago. Other was in Indianapolis, and they both had very successful jobs, and neither of them wanted to leave their job for the sake of the marriage. And it seemed to me that this might be a stumbling block. So we talked about it at some great length. I had countless, at least a half dozen pre-wedding counseling sessions with them, and they all ended in shouting matches. They all ended in, you know, you don't want it, you ain't this, and just name calling. It was horrible. At some point, I actually interfaced with the groom's mother, who said flat out, they should not get married. It is not the right time. Once they get settled in one city and reestablish themselves as a couple, then they should do it, but don't do it now. <sighs> Happened to so many couples. They'd come so far down the line. They'd spent so much money on all the, the gown and the venue and the photographer. They weren't backing out. And I was probably as nervous as I've ever been to do a wedding because in my heart of hearts, I didn't think it was right. And when that is the case, maybe the honorable thing that it would have been to just say, I'm not doing it. But again, we've gone that far down the road and I'm hoping, because I hope they're doing well today. The wedding was spectacular. It was absolutely beautiful. They spent a whole lot of money uh, on this wedding. And that's one of the reasons that they went through with it. Um, uh, but... I didn't have a good feeling about it. And, and, you know, as a professional, I feel like I should have been, I don't know, maybe I should have stood out and said maybe not, but uh, it happens. Um, it happens. Well, I'll tell you one quick one. You know, uh, and I think I did a good job. Uh, I was asked to do a profile on the Detroit Lions head coach, Dan Campbell, uh, for our Detroit magazine in Detroit. He was being named one of their Detroiters of the year. And, um, just praise God, my editor remembered me as a Lions fan and said, would you like to do a profile on the head coach? I said, uh, yeah. So I talked to the Lions front office and they said, absolutely not, absolutely not. The coach is too involved in the season to sit down to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with anybody. So no, 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 you can't do it. I was a little crestfallen, but then they said, oh, here's an idea. Why don't you come to Detroit, watch a game at Ford Field, in the press box. After every game, the coach has a press conference and you can ask him questions there. So let me get this straight. You're going to come to Detroit to watch my team for free in the press box. Let me think about it. I thought about it. I'm coming. Only problem was I had a wedding that Saturday before the a late wedding started at five o'clock. And I'm thinking, there's no way I can do a wedding at five o'clock or later and then still make it to Detroit by Sunday afternoon. So I told my wife I wasn't going to do it. And she looked at me like I lost my mind. She said, oh, you're going. I mean, no, no, no. If you don't go, I'll hear about it for the rest of my life that I should have gone, should have gone, go to the game. So it was do the wedding on Saturday, jump in the car, drive all night, get to Detroit Sunday morning, uh, fall asleep in my car, roll into Ford Field, 
watch the game, do the interview. The story is now out. It's the cover story of this month's Hour Detroit magazine. Um, but it was hard to focus on the wedding. Uh, the couple things I did a great job, and that's all that really matters. I think I did a great job. But I would be the first one to admit my mind and my focus was probably somewhere else. Like, I get to go to the game for free. That was where my mind was. You want more from Jim McFarlane? He's available on what was Twitter, now X, at The Word Grouch. He's also available on our show every couple of months, and he's a member of the Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame. You do a lot of writing. You're known for your writing. What are you reading these days? Oh, that's a real good question. Uh, I'm reading a couple of things, actually. Um, what was the thing I was reading on a plane? I won't go. One thing I'm, I'm reading is a book by a woman named Phil Sorter. She's a missionary who was kidnapped uh, along the way in Africa. Uh, she's the director of the schools of Africa, and she came to our church not too long ago, and uh, her book is called Kidnapped Redemption, My Story. It's fascinating uh, how she kept her faith uh, amid tribesmen that didn't give her a lot of promise that she'd make it out alive. But um, I've been riveted by her, and it was a pleasure to hear her and meet her uh, while she was at our church. Um, and I'm also reading, what else am I reading? Um, Boomerang, in a book about, which is about trying, it's a book about retention, church retention, um, how to keep people at your church, how to, um, how to make them feel comfortable when they come to church, how to deal with visitors. Because um, a lot of churches, quite frankly, don't do it well. Um, the church I belong to now in Champaign is Madison Avenue Free Methodist Church. Amazing congregation, wonderful, warm, caring people. And they made me and my wife feel that way the first time we visited. We did a church search, as many couples do, going from church to church trying to find somewhere where you feel comfortable. A lot of churches make you feel like you're invading their privacy. You're sitting in my pew, sir, I'm sorry. Um, this church, the church we're at now, they embraced us. They actually hugged me the first time that I was there. And I am now on the outreach committee, have been for several years. And I'm trying to find ways to make sure that feeling, that warmth, that first-time visitors will feel when they come to our church is maintained and even improved if we can. So the book's called Boomerang, and I've been reading it with great passion. Just a few seconds to spend together before we wind up with Jim McFarlane this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. The new year still fairly new. 2024 will be a success for you if what? Uh, I'm in the 2025, first of all. Um, now, if, if I apply myself the way I know I can, I think I have to divorce myself, Scott, from the feeling, from knowing that I should be retired and putting that behind me and just doing the work I need to do. You know, I, I, I don't feel I'm stretched too thin. I just feel like I don't apply myself as, you know, I, the back of my mind says, you know, Jim, you're, you're, you know, you've got a pension and you're on Social Security. You shouldn't kick back here. Like, no, you shouldn't because... I'm finishing one book. I'm starting another one in 2024. I'm editing someone else's book. And uh, I'm commenting and, and critiquing another. This is what I do. I mean, people come to me now. I'm so honored. People come to me now and say, who do I know who's a writer who can do this? Oh, that guy. Yeah, I remember him. He's good. So uh, I have as much work as I want to do for the rest of my life, probably. But I need to remember that it's work. And I should take it. as I, I should be nine to five, even though uh, those office days should be long gone he's always generous with his time he's always funny he's always insightful and we managed to not talk about politics until next time jim mcfarland thanks for the visit today on hearing voices anytime my friend thank you